Hi, this is Danielle Krissa from the Jaws Curator, and this is episode 173 of Art for Your Ear. Today's episode is supported by Create Magazine, and here's a crazy small world coincidence. The summer issue is being curated by Tax Collection. I just did a project with Tax Collection last week. Um, we did an art sale with Showfields to support the Food Bank for New York. Um, I don't know, this whole global quarantine is kind of making the world feel a whole lot smaller. There's all sorts of overlap. Um, anyway, I'm sure you already know about Create Magazine, but just in case, it is a gorgeous contemporary print and digital art magazine that happens to have its latest call for art happening right now. Yep, artists from all over the world working in any medium are welcome to send work to the free blog, or you can enter for a chance to be published in the summer print issue. The deadline to submit work for the summer 2020 um, issue and online exhibition curated by Tax Collection is coming up really, really soon, April 30th um, at midnight Eastern Time. To find out more, you can visit createmagazine.com submit. And there's info for both the blog and for the print issue. So, oh, let's talk about a few things. <laughs> um, I think that self-isolating and watching an insane amount of news has resulted in a truckload of thinking for me. Oh, so much thinking. <laughs> I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, too. The first really big thing floating around in my head on a daily basis is a big one. Um, I touched on this quickly at the end of the last episode with Martha Rich, and it was, in fact, the subject of grief. I was telling Martha, I felt like I had just recently sort of emerged from the fog of losing my dad, um, probably a month before coronavirus hit. And voila, there I was right back into my cloud of anxiety. Um, what Martha and I didn't get to, though, was the anger part of grief. And I'm not sure I've actually ever talked about that before. You always hear that anger is one of the five stages of grief. But oh boy, I did not expect the overwhelming, all-consuming, I really want to smash something kind of rage that came along with it for me. When my dad died suddenly at the end of 2018, I felt like the world came to a crashing halt. Well, my world did stop, but the rest of the world just continued on with business as usual. And that infuriated me. How could people be posting photos of their coffees and stupid YouTube videos when I didn't have a dad anymore? Not only did everyone else carrying on with life piss me off, so did the confusing unfairness of it all. I didn't get to say goodbye. Why did he leave us so soon? What if he hadn't been alone? Maybe somebody could have saved him. And so here we are today, and I cannot help but think about the tens of thousands of people who've lost a loved one to this virus. They must be so mad right now. This could have been prevented. Why didn't we know sooner? Why wasn't there enough equipment? And I know that if I heard one more joke about not wearing pants on Zoom or finishing Netflix, I think I would probably lose my shit. Granted, I know that lots and lots of us, myself included, are using humor as a coping mechanism. This situation is insanely surreal, new to all of us, and it is literally 24-7, so it's a lot. 
All of that to say, I just want to use this opportunity to tell the people who are grieving a loss, I see you and I absolutely get it. And when people make jokes, which Esther and I are most likely about to do, just know that it is our way of trying to stay upbeat while we attempt to manage this uncharted territory and that all of us truly do care how you're feeling and we are really sad and really mad for you too. See, I told you that was a big one. That is taking up a lot of my brain at the moment. <sighs> okay, so the other thing that I think about a lot, which is much lighter, um, but I think still really important to creative people, which of course is you guys. So before we call Esther, I want to talk about the idea of turning lemons into lemonade, or as Ashley Longshore would say, turning shit into fertilizer. <laughs> I did an online talk and Q&A with the Brooklyn Art Library think it was a couple of weeks ago now, um, that was actually titled something along the lines of turning lemons into artsy lemonade. And in case you didn't attend, I wanted to share a few of the projects that I suggested um, that people could easily do at home. Again, if you don't want to make anything right now, then just skip ahead to the interview. <laughs> but if you're looking for a few things to do, I've got five for you. Ready? Okay, so this first one comes from my book, Creative Block, but I've had to update it. <laughs> I'm calling it Roll the Dice at Home. So normally this one is done um, on a bike or a walk, but this time we're going to keep it inside. So you're going to need a set of dice. Normally with this exercise, you'll roll the dice, and if you get a 1 and a 2, that would be 12 minutes, 3 and a 2, 32 minutes. And that is how long you would travel for on a bike, in a car, on roller skates, whatever. But since we're going to stay home to keep everyone safe, I've changed the numbers on the dice from minutes to steps. So if you roll a three and a two, that means 32 steps. <laughs> so take that many steps within your own house. Um, if you live somewhere small, you might be doing laps and that's fine. Um, so take that many steps and then stop wherever those steps lead you and sit down with a sketch pad and your phone um, for at least 15, maybe even 30 minutes. I want you to draw what you see. Um, you can photograph details. You could write down words that you see from that vantage point, like on um, book spines, whatever. Um, what are the, what's the color palette that's around you right now? Maybe the carpet's a color, maybe there's a knickknack, maybe the wallpaper. Um, so write down the color palette, photograph it with your phone if you want to. Um, once your timer goes off, Take all of that information that you gathered in your very own home, a place that you have probably passed 12 zillion times and never even noticed the color palette of, um, take all of that information back to your studio or your kitchen table and make something based on what you collected. Set your timer again on your phone and only give yourself an hour to make something. That helps prevent you from getting precious about whatever it is you're making, which of course you guys know that is always my tip for any jumpstarter project. Um, I know I'm a broken record, but what are you going to do? Okay, next one. Number two. This is from my book, Your Inner Critic is a Big Jerk, and it is from the Projects from the Kindergarten Drawer section. And P.S., if you've got kids, then you can eat their creations too for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So this jump starter is titled Pancake Pictures. You're going to need a funnel and a hot pan. <laughs> so pour the pancake batter through the funnel and... 
onto the hot pan and draw as you go. And you'll draw some, yourself some breakfast. You can do animals or flowers or the Eiffel Tower, anything you like. Flip it over to let it cook on the other side, and that's, that's the side that looks the best, the flipped over side. The fantastic thing about this morning project is that even if it looks terrible, it will still taste delicious. Add whipped cream as needed. Okay, there's more. Number three. This one I pulled from a big important art book, Now with Women, Chapter 5. Uh, create Extraordinary from Ordinary. I love this one so much, and it is perfect while we're stuck at home. So, okay, I'm going to read this one to you. Um, boring, mundane, humdrum. Oh, those poor, overlooked, everyday objects. However, if you change the way you see them, ordinary can become extraordinary. Buttons fit for royalty. That's referring to Anne Carrington. Um, dinner plates instead of canvas. Um, who was that? That was Molly Hatch. And dryer lint elegant enough for a gallery wall. Anything but boring. The lint is done by Tanya Corky. Um, okay, uh, all right, time to rummage through your cupboards and drawers. Keep an eye out for things you normally wouldn't even notice. Those bent bobby pins randomly scattered at the bottom of your bathroom drawer, or that stack of plastic cups left over from last summer's picnic. Yes, I know they're in there. Now, celebrate how beautifully boring your discovery is. Create a sculpture using only those 54 bobby pins. Or do a detailed, large-scale drawing of one perfect hairpin that reminds you of your grandmother. Embrace the mundane and transform humdrum into breathtaking. Oh, I love that one so much. So maybe while you're sitting drawing for 15 minutes, keep an eye out for junk. Um, okay, number four. Um, oh my gosh, please do this one. I think it would be so, so fun. Um, this is also from... Your inner critic is a big jerk. Um, but of course, again, I had to modify this one for our current situation. Um, this is a bad art night via Zoom. <laughs> so normally I do these in person with a group of friends, but um, you know, it can be done through Zoom too. So gather up all of the junk that you want to get rid of, that old orange yarn or brown paint that you have no idea why you still own it. Uh, maybe you've got old wallpaper samples that are tucked away in a hall closet. Marie Kondo that shit, and let's make some bad art. So get together with a bunch of friends. You could do it via your computer. Um, have some delicious food and a drink or two, and then set out to create the worst thing that you have ever painted, drawn, sewn, or written. The results will be hilarious, and because you've made the ugliest thing possible, there will be nowhere to go for your work but up. <laughs> so funny. If I can figure out a way for us to do this in a great big Jaws Curator Zoom party, I will. I just need the motivation to organize that. <laughs> Maybe if I go make more coffee right now. Hmm. Okay, stay tuned on that one. Um, in the meantime, do it with your friends. Even if it's just two of you, it would be fun. Okay, and the last one is a cute, funny, tiny bit top secret um, and a little touch of un unapologetic self-promotion. The fifth project is from the back page of my brand new kid's storybook. It's not out until September, but I can't control myself. I'm just gonna throw out one tiny project, so don't tell the publisher. Okay, this is how it reads. Your mac and cheese is about to become jewelry. Use paint, markers, and glitter to decorate a pile of uncooked macaroni noodles. Once they're dry, 
choose a colorful piece of string to thread through each new bead. Hello, fancy necklace to wear at home. I just added that last part. Um, do it. So funny. I want to see all of you show up wearing macaroni necklaces to your next work Zoom meeting. How hilarious would that be? Um, okay, P.S. Here comes the self-promotion. Um, this very sweet storybook that I wrote and illustrated that I am ridiculously proud of. It's actually not out until September 1st, and I sure, sure hope that I can do a book tour, but who knows at this stage. Um, but you can, in fact, pre-order it right now. Okay, I'll stop. Um, that's all. Okay, so those are all of the projects I could muster for you at the moment. Again, if you are feeling overwhelmed by the thought of making art, then don't do any of this. Art will faithfully be waiting for you when you are ready to pick up a pencil, paintbrush, scissors, clay, camera, or whatever. Okay, so let's call Esther. Poor Esther, she has been teaching online classes to her Art Center students all day. So we're just gonna jump right in so that I can get her on her way to the dinner table with her family. I've got a few segments lined up for her. First, I've got one called, Hey Mojo, where'd you go? <laughs> Since both of us are feeling like our Art Mojo is MIA. I've got a weird art trivia quiz for her, and then we're both going to share a couple of guilty pleasures that are helping us deal with being quarantined. Ready? Calling Esther Pearl Watson in Los Angeles. Online, Mark's like, you're not doing a video, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> are you exhausted? You must be wiped. You've been doing this all day. I know. I've been doing I know. That's what the end of my week is like. It's like three Zoom meetings the Oof. last three days of the week. <laughs> That's no good. Well, we will keep this fun and light and um, not Zoom. Good. <sighs> okay. Yay. How are you doing with uh, all of it? I'm, I mean, it's funny because I don't really leave my house anyway. Yeah. But for some reason not like being not allowed to leave your house feels a lot different than deciding to stay home. Yeah, that's, a, that is so true. You know what? I mean, to be honest, I love that I have an excuse, like, I'm sorry, I can't leave my house. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But then at the same time, I think what's stressing me out, there's a few things. One, Charlie yeah. being home. Yeah. Because oh, I yeah. feel, you know, like there's the whole, we're doing online learning. So that's mm. a thing. And then I feel a huge amount of guilt, like that I'm supposed to be entertaining him. Like, you know, or, or am I supposed to be baking bread? Everyone's baking bread. Am I supposed to be doing that? I know. Like, that's I don't true. know. So I, I think that's what's sort of stressing me out. And then um, just kind of the not knowing when this is going to be over. Like, I think if it was like, okay, on May 15th, doors open, everyone's out. And you're like, okay. Like, but yeah. I think it's the not knowing. It's like, you know, I heard, you know, some experts say like, this won't like social distancing won't be over till like 2022. Mm, yeah. You're hearing a lot of different things. I think that's the nerve wracking thing is it feels like no one's driving the bus right now. Yes. And there's, no. yeah. 
and you're getting really mixed messages. I mean, here, you know, in the United States, we're getting like Trump saying, oh, yeah, you know, the next 14 days, we're going to open everything back up. And then you're you're hearing like everybody else is like, no, not until 2022. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait, what? That's a, a big time difference. Yes. I know. And I don't know if I... I don't know if I talked about this when Martha was on a few weeks ago, but um, I'm pretty sure I had it. I'm pretty sure, like... Oh, really? Yeah, because I was in New York. I flew home on March 8th. Okay. And that's sort of when I think things were going crazy in New York, and, like, nobody was being careful yet. But uh-huh. um, I got really sick when I was there, and I thought it was food poisoning, and it might have been. Um, but uh-huh. then I came home, and after I'd been home for a little bit, I got a really bad fever, <laughs> And a tight uh-huh. chest and the thing with the stuff and cough. And um, I was really nervous because I have I have a history of lung issues. Like I normally, I had pneumonia and was hospitalized when I was 14. So every year, uh, you know, my family gets a cold and I get bronchitis. So oh. I was super worried because I also live in a tiny town. And I we, we don't even have a hospital in our town. That, like it's the uh-huh. next town over. And I was like, how many ventilators can they possibly have? Whoa. You know, so I was a bit panicked, but it just never got worse than that. Like I just, I had the fever, I had the tight chest and the cough and I just was exhausted. Like I couldn't keep my eyes open, but that's it. Like it never got, my lungs never got filled or anything. So I, I mean, so I don't know, maybe it wasn't it. I did a phone appointment with my doctor and he was like, yeah, I think it's probably it. And just don't leave your house and disinfect everything. And Greg and Charlie never got sick and Greg's been doing all the shopping. So like, I literally really have not left my house in quite some time. Whoa, that's intense. I think that's a scary thing too, is a lot of people don't know. Like I I feel like I've heard from several friends where they're like, I think I had it and you just don't know. And that's, I don't understand like in today's time where we can do all these zoom classrooms and you know, there's all this technology and we have to be in the dark about like, did we have this virus or not? I know. It's weird. It's like, it's like we're like all this technology is happening, but then it's super like, you know, like the black plague. Like it's just like, it's like super old fashioned. We have no idea what's actually going on mixed with, technology that's making the world go on and you know the other thing that this keeps reminding me of and I don't know what your life was like when Lily was born but I keep feeling like I did when Charlie was first born and I had a c-section and um uh complications from the c-section and then you know you're trying to nurse and whatever and I didn't leave my house for probably six weeks and I remember thinking I looked out the blinds he was born in the summer and there was people like on their way to the local pool you know and I was like opening the blinds like I will probably never leave this house again. <laughs> I felt like I will never get to go to a restaurant again. I will probably never go to the movies again. Like it just felt so like, like I, yeah. It. And it's like, I'm going to have to take care of him for decades. Like, when do I get to leave the house? And, um, you know, I did leave, but like, what, what did you feel like when, when Lily was born? Did you feel like that? Or were you kind of ready to go? No, you know, I was, I don't know. I just felt like my whole underside was hamburger meat. And I was just like, I'm not, <laughs> how is this ever going to form back into a normal shape? I don't understand. <laughs> Do you, you know that I'm recording right now, right? 
Yeah, that's something. I didn't have that. I had a C-section. I had a different kind of um, trauma, but that sounds fun. Nobody tells you that, though. I mean, I went to all those birthing classes, and they showed you videos where people were, like, doing a couple of huffs and puffs, and suddenly they had a gorgeous baby. And I was like, wait a minute. Nobody told me about this. <laughs> well, I, you know, and it's funny because when our kids were born, like, there was no internet. There was... There was no way to, there was no Zoom. Like there's just, there was no way to connect with anybody. And so I did feel super alone. And this is really interesting because all of a sudden all these, you know, like there's all these collaborations that are happening online that weren't even happening a month ago. Yeah, that's true. It's really interesting. I think that to me is kind of an exciting thing. And I, I've been trying to think about like, how are people adapting? Like, how do we look at art now? And that's, that's really fascinated me right now. Um, Just over the past couple of weeks was like, how are we experiencing museums? How are we experiencing art galleries? What are art galleries and museums going to be after this? Like, are we going to have to space apart? (laughs) Yeah. Even to like get in. And then when we get in, is it, is it like an experience you have to have by yourself now? Like, you know, yeah, it's like Kusama's, Kusama's infinity. You're only allowed to go in by yourself for 40 seconds and then your turn's over. Yeah, your turn's <laughs> over. Your art experience is over. Get out. <laughs> Get your well, out of there. You know, the, yeah, like all the pictures you always see of the Mona Lisa where it's like, it's so tiny and then there's like throngs of people crowded in oh, front yeah. of it. Yeah. Will we be able to do that again? Or are you going to have to take your turn looking at Mona? I guess so. I guess you have to look at the Mona Lisa by yourself. Well, okay, this is an excellent segue into a few things. So first of all, you are teaching through all of this. So you are now a Zoom teacher. Yes. How's that going? I personally, I, I am much better in person. I, I mean, I'm figuring it out um, and I can make do and I'm adaptable and I can make do, but I'm I have developed a lifelong skill of really reading very subtle cues from body language, you know, like a a student who, you know, they're, they're slumped over a little extra that day and I can tell that they're kind of tired. And so, and then I, I, I change the pace in my classroom and I really do adapt my classroom, uh, from class to class. And depending on what the students needs are, that show up during that day. I have a syllabus, but I do change it around depending on what the students' needs are. And this is really hard because I can tell that the students have a lot of needs and we're postage stamp faces and I get to do all the talking and everyone's on mute. Right. And then some, some people don't even have uh, the accessibility to um, have a camera or maybe they're kind of not in a living condition that they want to share with everybody mm. right at this moment. Because like some students, like their roommate moved out suddenly or went back home and then like they were, they had to go hang out with a friend and they have no art supplies and, you know, oh. they're, they're at their friend's house. So they like, they don't really have a sheet to hang up in the background or, you know, like right. they don't. Yeah. So that has been a little bit challenging. And then some students like don't have their art supplies or they were really reliant on the school. And you start to realize like, wow, you must've been reliant on the school for maybe even food or, you know, the free showers or right. 
Oh yes. my gosh, yeah. Things you just wouldn't even think about as a teacher. No, you just no. assume like it's art. Everybody's got some paint and brushes and, you know. Right. But you you start to realize like, no, wait a minute. There's people that have um, come to this school from all around the world and uh, they don't, they can't like run back home to their parents and stay with their parents. Or if their roommate suddenly moves out, then, you know, they can't afford the rent. And then what, you know, like, oh. but it, I know it's really, really, it's interesting because. And then how get, can they focus on school? It's been really hard. I think a lot of them have a hard time focusing. And then as a teacher, like, how can you expect, how can you expect your students right now to focus? You, suddenly your assignments just seem so trivial, you know, like, yeah. like you start to question, like, what's the meaning <laughs> of all of this? Like, you know, <laughs> well, when do they, when do they finish school? Like how much more is there to go? There's uh, two more weeks, but when, when the stay at home order started and the school went on suspension, there were six weeks left oh. of school. So I've been doing already for four weeks. It's really interesting though. My first week, I really felt like just like dealing with all the technology and um, all the glitches that happen when the, the screen freezes and like the internet goes down or a student disappears because they're on their phone or, or the school to get internet, you know, like, and then, oh man, I was just like, this is sucking years out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what's so funny as you were, as you were saying that your voice, it was glitching and you were sounding like a robot. Oh my gosh. I'm not even joking. It's like the internet can tell that you're dissing it. And it's like, oh yeah? You don't like what I'm bringing? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? This is so funny because we were, (laughs) we were talking about you coming on and like the last time you were on, we did the, you know, you brought all your fun, weird art history stories. And so I thought, oh, we'll do that again. But like, my God, it's so much on, you're already so tapped. And, um, so, uh, and you were talking about mojo and how, you know, you're just not feeling so inspired to paint and stuff. So I wanted to call our segment today, Hey Mojo, where'd you go? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> because mojo's been hot, hijacked. I right? Guess. I feel like that too. And I feel like because I've, you know, of the Jealous Curator, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to be encouraging people to make. And of course I, I am, and I'm trying to make myself, but whew, there's days where it's just like, or I could have a nap. Yeah, that's important right now. Yeah, it is. And I I did say that in the last podcast episode. I was like, you know what? Don't feel like you need to be like, you know, at the beginning of this, I was like, let's make something every day and let's use this as a chance to, you know, make it like your own art residency. And then it's just like, you know, like the news was changing so fast and the, the, like, so many people dying it's just it's so overwhelming you know what if you can't make something every day it's okay and so I know like you you were saying that when we were emailing back and forth but you're Esther Pearl Watson so I know you're still making stuff (laughs) um and I have a list of the things that you're still making but one of the things I thought was really interesting is um you posted the other day you said I'm painting lots of clouds and empty landscapes because you're not really sure what to paint right now. And is it, is, is that kind of making you feel like you can take a deep breath by painting just like emptiness? Yeah, it's really interesting. I almost posted that a week earlier and then I took it off. I was like, that's sad. 
nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> and then I thought about it and I was like, you know what, actually that's real. And um, I've been hearing from a lot of different artists right now. And yeah, you know, like uh, I know Suzanne Velmeter has these noon um, talks in the garden with different artists and some of her artists, you know, like they're painting, you know, all, all the time. And I'm like, don't they have a family? Yeah. Don't they have a family? Don't they have like a mom in a nursing home or like, like I do, or, you know, my sister's in a group home. And so that's really stressful, like having to navigate, like to make sure that they're okay. And also, you know, my, I'm, I'm at home with my family and, and Lily and her boyfriend, KG, they're having to take online classes and, um, you know, and like their bright future is suddenly like clouded over and they're, have, they have a lot of questions and uncertainty right now. And so there's, there's just kind of, there's so much going on, even the idea of like a stressful trip to the grocery store, you know, like yeah. I feel like I had to rob a bank. I'm like, okay, here's the plan. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my gloves, I've got my mask. I'm, I'm going to go in real fast and get these five things. And then as soon as I get out, I'm going to throw away the gloves in this garbage can. I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> I know. I know that is what it is. Don't make eye contact with anybody. And, you know, know. God forbid you sneeze or something. It's just like, oh, my God. It's it's a lot. It is a lot. And you are such a caregiver. Like, you know, you you take care of your immediate family and your extended family and your students are like your kids. You know, like you've got a lot of people that you're caring for. And then, yeah, trying to crack open, you know, a new canvas is a little bit like whew. it's really it, it's really hard and then so like painting I had all these panels that I was getting ready uh to work on for the year for my show in in November uh for Susan Velmetter and I kept I was like okay so uh, here we go. And I had an idea of what I was going to do. I was like, okay, my show will be immediately after the election. So I have to prepare for, oh my God. Uh, yeah, like whatever happens during the election, what kind, how do you even plan that? So I right. was like, hey, all right, I think I've got an idea. Cause like my childhood was unpredictable and I do memory paintings of my childhood. So I was like, my childhood was unpredictable and we found ways to kind of laugh at at the absurdity of like everything going wrong and sometimes things go right, but still like you can laugh, you can find ways to laugh. And so I was like, okay, here's my plan. I got this plan and here I go. And then suddenly this came along and I was like, um, I'm just painting clouds. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like what, what the hell is that? Everything's turned upside down and it, it's hard to, I just feel like what we're going through is such a historic moment. And I can feel that my body and my mind is trying to process just on a daily basis, even creatively, like trying to process what's going on that I can't, it's hard to form a clear picture about how I feel about any one thing. So it's a big, yeah, it's like a fog, isn't it? It's a big fog. And so I've been just painting just these clouds or this empty landscape. And sometimes I ask myself like, maybe that's okay. Maybe that emptiness is fine. Or maybe it's kind of like, I don't know, we were talking about childbirth, but maybe it is like a womb in a way where it's like this place 
this this place where something can grow out of, um, but it hasn't it hasn't shown itself just yet. You yeah, know? maybe you paint a whole bunch of big empty open landscapes and then go fill them in with stuff in November. At the last minute, right before the show, be like, that'd be kind of cool. It'd be super stressful, but it'd be kind of cool. I know. We'll see, though, because, like, um, you know, that piece I posted on Instagram that was empty, I know somebody, I don't know whether they were being sarcastic or honest or just kind of pointing out what I obviously do, but they were like, I'm sure a flying saucer, you could put a flying saucer in there. And I thought about it, and I was like, wow, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, but th- that's what I think you should do. If, if I, I honestly think you should paint a, a whatever you want right now, and if that's empty fields with clouds, cool. And then you come back later, maybe a house pops in there. Maybe there's a cow. Maybe there's some some flying saucers. But right now, they're not welcome. <laughs> yeah, right now, it's just, it's kind of like, let's just see, let's just see what, what goes on, you know, and then uh, we'll see what happens out of this. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's really interesting processing a lot of it. But I've been very, very curious about how other artists and other creative people are processing. And one aspect of creativity that I think is really, really special and interesting that I'm going to just enjoy about this moment, this zeitgeist, is the fact that people are using their own creativity by necessity to create face masks. Yeah. And I really love seeing when I walk around Los Angeles, we happen to see lots of people. So, and you know, like here, even in Sierra Madre, tiny Sierra Madre, you know, you'll see people walking around with their face masks that they've sewn or they've made, or they've just kind of wrapped an article of clothing around their head. And you're just like, that's pretty creative. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's creative and it's unprecedented. Like we've never in our lifetime seen that. No. And now it's everywhere. And it's just, is it going to become the norm? Like, are you just, just like you have like, you know, bras in your, you know, cupboard yeah. or you can have a bunch of like masks and it's like, oh, this one will match this dress. I'll wear this mask today. Like, is that yeah. just going to become a thing? It might be. It might, a- right? You know what else is really interesting that I'm noticing right now that immediately brought back a childhood memory was the sound, you know, like when I take my walk in the morning with my dog you can hear people's like radios or TVs on. You can hear people like clanging or smell their cooking. You can hear them talking to their children. And it reminds me back in the 80s when a lot of people were at home. Right. It was really interesting. And the kids, maybe because there wasn't much internet or I don't know what, or video games or whatever it was they were doing, but you could hear like people living life and I think there's something really special about that too. Like you can hear people in their homes living life and that's pretty Everybody's not just rushed off to daycare and rushed off to offices and whatever. They're all in there together. Yeah, they're in there. Yeah, that is really interesting. I know I've been having very weird flashbacks of um, childhood things too, which is Mm. odd because again... I have been living in my childhood town now for almost eight years. I never leave my house anyway. So why why am I having these 
flashbacks. Oh. You know, it's really strange. Like, or like I'll smell my grandmother, like oh, perfectly wow. clearly. And I'm like, oh my God, can you, I say to Greg, can you smell that? And it's like, it's her, you know? And it's like, okay, oh. this is really weird. So I've just been having like these, I don't know, weird flashbacks too. But one of the things, again, like, you know, not to dwell on your empty landscapes, but um, I heard on a news thing somewhere, um, th- you know, how like there was like the Black Plague and the Spanish flu and like, you know, these things yeah. have names in the history books that this is being referred to right now. And I wonder if it'll stick. And I kind of hope it does um, as the Great Pause. Because, the yeah, because huh. the whole world has stopped. Like, when on earth has that ever happened? Like, huh. even during the plague and all that stuff, because there wasn't the internet and like constant information and knowing what's happening in Italy and, you know, knowing what's happening in China, um, we know like the whole world has stopped. The whole world is at home right now. Mm-hmm. The whole world, like, is not going to work. Like, it's the weirdest moment. And yeah, it's been a few articles have called it the Great Pause. And I, I really love, I mean, for as horrible as everything is that's occurring, I thought that was such a poetic, lovely way instead of COVID-19. I just thought the great pause was like a really poetic way of saying it. And, you know, I was saying to Charlie, he's 13. I said, you know, when you're a grandpa, this will be in history books. And I'll be like, tell me, Grandpa Charlie, like, what was it like living (laughs) through the great pause, you know? And it's like, well, it's a lot of Xbox. Do you guys know what Xbox is? Um, And uh, it's, but there's just something kind of, and, and that's what your, um, your clouds and your empty fields, it's sort of like the great pause. Like there isn't a car, there aren't people, there aren't, there's no UFO flying through. Everyone's in their houses. It's, it's quiet. And it's just kind of interesting that, that's what you're painting when that is actually what's happening. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I really like that thought. I know. I I was thinking about it. I was talking to another artist, and uh, we were talking about how oh, some of the students were um, painting, making, like, their final project about uh, the coronavirus. And, um, you know, like, oh, gosh, here's another piece about the coronavirus. And I understand, like... I, I think it's great. Like you should always process what you're going through. I mean, maybe that's because I do a lot of like personal work, Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, why, why would you not process what you're going through in your art? But, um, but I kept, I was thinking about, it. I was like, you know what, throughout all key moments in history, artists have made work that reflect, um, reflect these moments and not every piece made it through history. Like some pieces make it through and we get to look at them now, but I think it's really interesting. Like what pieces we hold on to, like looking at Goya's paintings about war or, you know, like that those pieces, like every generation was like, this piece is really important. We need to preserve this piece. Um, but I, I, it made me wonder like what pieces from this time period are the ones where, you know, for posterity, people will hold on to and be like, this piece really, you know, really was the thumbprint of that moment. Um, but it's really interesting. It is. I pray to God it has nothing to do with Tiger King. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even watch that. I know me either. I did. I did two episodes and I was like, Oh my God, my brain is already filled with so much like yeah, I can't. toxicity. I'm like, I don't think I can handle you, Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. You're too much. But um, yeah, no, it's so interesting. I'm, I'm, 
I, that, and like, again, that's why I told Charlie, like, you should keep a journal. Like, even yeah. if it's just today was boring, today was also boring because it yeah. is, a, it is an insane moment in our history. And then like for you guys with the president that you have, like the things he's saying every day is more insanity. So if you put all that together, it is just a giant shitball of craziness right now that I cannot even believe is real yeah. And we'll be in history books and that we are adults through it. Like that we are going to clearly <laughs> remember it. That is so embarrassing to think like, wait, <laughs> when you look back, you're like, wait, I had no excuses. <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> I painted it. I painted it. And now I'm in the art history book. So you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, one of the other things that you're doing that I loved, 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 um, You've done a couple of sessions of um, live Instagram painting, first with your sister and then with Bruce Webb. Yeah. No, Bruce Lee. No, Bruce Webb. Bruce Lee is yeah, a karate Bruce writer. Lee. That, yeah, yeah, his middle name is Lee. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Lee Webb. Yeah. He, um, it's actually, it's kind of interesting because uh, my daughter, Lily, I was just talking to my sister, Teresa, and, and Lily just came up to me and she goes, oh, did you know you can do this on Instagram where you can kind of just paint side by side with your sister, Teresa? And Yeah, even if she's at home and you're at home, like you're not together. Yeah. yeah, and that's really, really, that's always a special treat for us is like, you know, when I go up to Joshua Tree to paint in her studio, it's almost like a, it's like a really like grateful thing to be like, you know, come on into my studio and here I made a space for you and let's paint together and you can talk or you can not talk or you can, you know, mumble to yourself or not, you know, like who cares? Just let's just make art together and side by side, there's this solidarity and, um, well, and how did you feel about doing it on Instagram? Were you hesitant? Like did Lily convince you or were you like, yeah, fun? Well, the first time we did it, when Lily showed us, we did it kind of, we were just very innocent. We were just kind of working side by side and chit-chatting. And and then we kind of realized like, oh, wait, you know, like at one point KG came in and said, do you know everyone can hear everything you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. So maybe we should like consider what we're making public. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, good old we Katie. Just, like, we deleted that one. And then I said, okay, Teresa, we'll do it again. But this, there was a little bit of artifice to it where it was like, okay, we'll do this again. This time set up, you know, I was going to set up my camera and then Mark like promoted it like crazy. Cause that's what he does. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. I'm just painting with my sister. I didn't, I didn't mean for this to be a whole like thing a show but it was so good though because he messaged me and he was like hey Esther's going on like going live with Teresa and I was like I was just you know doing some sort of word puzzle on my phone and I was like okay so (laughs) I mainly just hopped on to support you um thinking I would watch for 10 seconds and be like cool I gotta go I because I never watch Instagram live stuff ever anyway I was mesmerized like it was one of the most relaxing things I've done in the last month (laughs) Good. It was so nice. Like I felt like I was there with you guys, like eavesdropping. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But watching both of your hands work, but listening to you guys talk was amazing. Like just listening to you talk about it, like your granny and granddad, and like, oh, do you remember going down to that store? And but meanwhile, you're painting, and I was just like, oh my god, this is so relaxing. Like <laughs> I just keep watching and watching. And I wasn't. Um, I didn't watch you and Bruce. I was in a meeting, so I didn't get to see it. But I was. I was so disappointed because I was like. 
I loved the one with you and Teresa so much. And I was wondering if maybe you would do one with me. Oh, I'd love to. Oh my gosh, I would really love to. Okay, I'll cut stuff out, you paint. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) I love that. I, you know, I, in New York, when we first moved to New York, we would go over to our friend like Janet Hamlin's house and sit and paint with her. Joe Rocco would come over and we'd all just kind of like paint and work together. And you just chit chat and just work on your painting and there's no pressure and no competition. And you're just like, it's just like just knowing somebody is nearby that you care about and, uh, you want to hear about, you know, and well, you guys do that all the time. Like, it, I uh-huh. love, I love all the stuff you do with like zines, and you mm-hmm. know, whenever you've got people in town or whatever, you're, like, you know, I love that you guys kind of get out the supplies and everybody just sits around. Like, it needs to be documented because honestly, it'll be in the art history books. Like, you know, those the, I love those photos when you see in Paris, like all these greats that just hung out together and drank coffee. Yeah, and like, that's what your that's what your little gatherings are like. I just. Um, and I've had the privilege of sitting at a couple of those and it's just like so cool to, again, yeah, like you said, like no competition, just creativity abounds and it's just a yeah. really neat vibe. And I thought you and Teresa did such a good job of, oh I was like, wow, God. like I didn't think it was pot, like, you know, I, I, I'm dating myself by, by being a bit technology phobic, but I'm always like, eh, every time there's like a new thing, I'm like, I don't, do I have to learn that too? Oh my God. Um, And so like all the Instagram live, I've been like, I don't know, I'm too old. I don't care. But watching that, I was like, okay, I need to do this all the time because it was really charming. It's like a really cheesy word. It was, it was so charming. Like I felt, because I've been at the real table with you guys and watching it, it felt like I was there. And I, I really, especially in this time where we're all sequestered in our different corners of the world, it really was a really nice glimpse into warmth and creativity. And yeah, I loved it. That's good to hear. Yeah. I, um, I like that. And I've, I've watched a couple of, it's what's really interesting right now is so many artists are like, um, sharing their studio, opening up their studio, even to like help kids come up with fun things to do during the day, or maybe just like to bring creativity to, you know, other artists or, or people who are stuck at home and they're like, what am I going to do with myself? I've binge watched everything. And now what, you know, like, (laughs) but I, I think, um, I think that's really special. And some people like have, have it planned out. Um, and that's really great. And I, I feel like for me, I'm not a show person. That is not the industry I went into. People are very talented and skilled and they know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I respect that. But I do like the idea that there is something voyeuristic. There's, it's almost performative in a way where you can go onto Instagram and just, eavesdrop into a studio and you know an artist painting with their sister or an yeah. artist painting with a good friend like that's I, I would always wanted to be a fly on the wall like what does David Hockney do or talk about yeah. with his painting right or I know Schmidt. and like, like really really big amazing people are who who felt really inaccessible before all of this are also all home and they're all like hey come on in and you're like what what like, yeah. all of a sudden you get this peek into these worlds that, you know, a month ago you didn't get to peek into. Yeah. And it's been really cool. And again, like you said at the beginning, I wonder if when this is over, whenever that might be, if all that will go away or if people will be like used to acting like that and they'll continue to 
behave the way they're behaving in isolation just because they're now they know how to make Instagram live work, you know? Yeah. That's I, true. I it's just really... did a um an art show online. I hosted one. Oh yeah, how'd that go? It went great. I was oh. so nervous. I, I had to mm-hmm. talk for an hour. Wow. Live just by myself about these different artists. But um what I ended up loving it. And the reason why was because I was so prepared. I, I phoned all of the artists. There's nine artists, I think, nine or ten. Uh-huh. I spent the week leading up to it phoning all of them from Milan to pa- Pakistan, Whoa. New York. I called them all and had, like, you know, at least half an hour conversations with all of them, you know, just to understand who they are and why they uh-huh. do what they do and about the piece. Well, my God, I could have talked for five hours. I... You know, and it was so, and you know, I was really worried about the technology. I was like, I don't know how to set up my phone and will the lighting, I don't know. And it it was completely fine. And um, now I'm a little bit addicted and I'm like, ooh, what else could I do? No, (laughs) that is so good. I know. I really hope that doesn't go away. Well, and it was cool because all the money, 75% of the money went to the um, food bank for New York and then Mm. 25% went to the artists who'd made the work. Um, and this was, you know, and almost the whole show sold out. And it was like, we all did that from our different houses, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, around the world. And it's like, I've had two shows that were supposed to happen. One decided, they decided to continue on. And so they did the opening was like online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went okay. I've sold half the stuff and I'm do it wraps up this weekend or yeah, this weekend. And so I'm doing a live Instagram, which I'm mm-hmm. a pro at now. FYI. <laughs> and so I'm going to do a live Instagram to like close the show. And um, the other show just got canceled completely, like just moved to who knows when. Um, so it's interesting how some things are going, well, you know what? We got to go on with the show and other things are, are canceled. And it's just mm-hmm. interesting how people are adapting. And um, there's been really neat leaps and bounds the way people are handling art shows and like you said like museums like suddenly there's virtual tours that didn't exist a month ago yeah you know it's it's a very weird but interesting time I hope we come out better and stronger and more clever yeah I hope so too I hope that's that's a little rainbow at the end of this nightmare I know (laughs) Um, oh, and one other thing I wanted to point out that you actually have done, and I said to you, because um, you and Mark were nice enough to invite me to come on a Zoom <laughs> meeting <laughs> woo, um, and talk to your class, which was really cool. If you, that feels like 12 years ago, but I think it was two weeks ago or something. Yeah. Um, and I said, because you always do such great zines and stuff, I was like, you should do a, a, you know, a Corona zine. And I just noticed on your Instagram, you've got a recipe zine for the recipes of, to get you through Corona. Yeah. So how did, what, what happened there? How'd you decide to do that? That was, I don't know. I, you know what? I kept thinking about this other zine that I had done and, uh, and I was like, I should do a version of, I really love, I collect club cookbooks, the ones that, you know, that the local fire department will sell or whatever the, the local, you know, rotary club will create. And, um, some of the recipe titles are just bonkers or the, you know, like reinforced concrete tuna salad. And you're like, Oh God, why, like, why would you call your salad that? Like just (laughs) who would want to make something with a title like that? So, 
I thought, you know, what what are the recipes that get us through a pandemic? Because we've been cooking a lot now that we're home and we have way too much time on our hands. Right. So it's almost like every meal you're just kind of like, ooh, should we make Korean pancakes? Should we make California rolls and have a California roll contest? And you're like <laughs> – and we we did get into like the sourdough starter, but I think the sourdough just kind of exploded. We we ended up with like five different sourdough starters, and we're like, oh my god, what do I do with all this? And uh, so I was like, yeah, let me let me combine like just kind of this anxiety because it's all stress cooking, and so like let's combine this anxiety with some of these absurd recipes and some just really, they just fit together really well, you know, like stimulus, um, that stimulus package that's supposed to go out to everybody. And then like uh, the recipe for these little cheddar, um, crackers that you could make. And, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. I was just like, yeah, there's gotta be a way that you can combine this. <laughs> and I'm actually making, I'm working on a part two, but it was kind of, it was like one of the first times since all of this where I was making art and I was sitting side by side with Mark and he's scanning some of these recipes in and we were just laughing, laughing so hard. And I was like, this is a great, this is so cathartic and a great stress release. And it felt really on point. So. Oh, good. What's your favorite recipe slash title? <laughs> I know. I, I like a lot with me right now okay we're working on it. <laughs> oh, I'll have to find it I don't know where they went off to but I think um let me see if I can remember some of them. <laughs> it's the end of a long day yeah I'm putting you on the spot I can also just put some in the post yeah. I just thought if there was one if there was one that you were like have you made any of the things from it <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait, let me look on my phone. There's, there's, I actually did make the cheddar cookies and there was, um, some, um, there was some puff salad that I made. <laughs> what the hell? Is, what, what's puffing in it? It was crab puff salad. Oh. They were basically, they were little cream puffs, but you put like crab salad in the cream puffs and it actually turned out. Okay. It was just like, this is insane. Hey. Okay, here hoarding toilet paper ground beef delight. <laughs> and um there's uh make your own face mask snacks where you take <laughs> English muffins, you split them, put some onion dip and some slices of bologna and uh, slices of American cheese and there you go. You can slap it on your face or you can eat it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> there's stimulus check cheddar pennies. And it makes 50 or 60 little cheddar pennies. You have to wait for them, though, because Donald wait. Trump wants his name on them. He's got to put his name on each yeah. one. So you got to wait. There's a uh, keep back six feet grocery sack pie. And this is a real recipe. And at the bottom of the recipe, it says, don't peek until it's done. I saw that one. And I was like, why? I wonder. Like, what? Yeah. You literally cook this pie in a, in a brown bag, which sounds extremely toxic. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, so funny. Did you, are you like, can people get one of these recipe books or did you just do it as a one-off? 
I did um, a limited edition of 30, but now like some of my galleries want to carry their own special editions. So oh we're going God. to, we have a Rezo machine, a Rezo graph. So oh, beautiful. Yeah. We're printing some really beautiful copies for uh, Suzanne Velmetter gallery. And I'm sure we'll give like a, a set to the web gallery and probably even London to Marine Paley gallery. Yeah. Just oh. make sure they all have sets. <laughs> See, I told you your mojo, I think is fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. Okay, so normally you bring me the weird art um, stories. So instead, mm-hmm. I've, I've got a weird art trivia quiz for you. Ooh, exciting. Exciting, right? I made mm-hmm. Martha do um, 80s movies, which oh, okay. she nailed. Wow. She got all of them right except one because she jumped the gun and she wow. she jumped ahead of the multiple choice because she yeah. thought she knew. Oh, Martha. Um, <laughs> okay, so these are multiple choice. Okay. Um, some you might just know. I won't have to give them to you. Um, and then I want to finish things off um, after we do the quiz. There's five questions. I want to do a little um, guilty pleasures thing. Um Mm-hmm. One food that's a guilty pleasure and something from the media that's a guilty pleasure. So I'm putting that in okay. your brain right now so that I'm not putting you on the spot. And I also have two that I'll share. So mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there for you because I wasn't organized enough to send you a list of questions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Okay. There's that's a pandemic. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, okay. So here's the quiz. <clears throat> and again, I got all of these from, I did a tr- uh, quiz with Greg and Charlie a few weeks ago. And this is from usefultrivia.com slash art underscore trivia. It's all, there's all sorts of things. Okay, so question one. Actor James Franco once sold a sculpture made of blank. So I don't know if you know this already, but here, okay, here are your choices. A, dryer lint. B, Lego. C, cigarette butts. D, air. Hmm, how about air? You are correct. Ding, ding, ding. James Franco. In 2011, an art collector paid $10,000 for a non-visible sculpture by Franco titled Fresh Air and billed as an endless tank of oxygen. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think he got that from Duchamp. Oh, probably. Duchamp had a little vial called um, Air of Paris. Oh, I'm writing that down. And I do know James Franco went to multiple art schools, so he must have had an art history class. Oh, yes. Maybe <laughs> that was his homage, and he forgot to mention Duchamp in it. Yeah. Well, I hate when that I happens. Just, it's a postmodern age. Yeah. Everything's been done before. <laughs> um, okay. Number two. We're going back in time for this one. What mm-hmm. element was removed from Da Vinci's The Last Supper by careless workers? A. Da Vinci's signature, B, the communion cup, um, C, Jesus's feet, or D, Judas's silver coins? I would definitely say Jesus's feet. You are correct, <laughs> Esther Pearl Watson. How did you know that? That's just something, you know, where you're just like, does this need to be in this painting or let's just erase this. <laughs> they probably are tucked up under the tablecloth anyway. Let's just get rid of it. Yeah. So in 1652, while installing a doorway in the wall that holds the last supper, builders cut into the bottom center of the mural, lopping off Jesus's feet. While it may seem like a minor loss, many historians believe based on examination of early copies that Jesus's feet were in a position symbolizing the forthcoming crucifixion. Whoa. 
but now we'll never know because the workers chopped it off. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I love this stuff. Okay. Oh, I do too. Okay, you've got two out of two now. I'm keeping track. I'm being like a teacher. And this is okay. on this is online learning, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God. Okay. Number three. Which artist was a fashion editor and a painter in the school of magic realism? A. K. Sage. B. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this lady's name. I'm so sorry. Bridget Bate Tijonel. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lee Miller or Alice Rayhan? Rayhan? Dang, that's yeah. a hard one. I know. Um, I wouldn't know the answer to that one at all. Okay, just throw out an A, B, or C. Or D. Uh, uh, maybe D. Alice Rayhan. No, it's the lady with the hard name. Richard <laughs> I got for that one. Yeah, good to make Should me say it again. Say it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to call her Bridget. Bridge. Bridge. Um, so she was French. She was born in 1917, died in 1990 in Mexico. <clears throat> she, uh, oh. Her work, she considered her work to be of a spiritual nature, reflecting ancient occult religions, magic, alchemy, and Mesoamerican mythology in her Italian Renaissance style of painting. So there you wow, go. I looked, her up. looked her up. Yeah, I looked her up. She was, it, it's a bit Dali-ish. Like it's a bit um, huh? weird and vast landscapes and strange creatures. Yeah. So anyway, hmm. interesting. I didn't know about her. Now That'd we, be... now we do. Now we know. All right. We've got two more. <clears throat> what okay. quality is associated with peaches in Chinese art? Illness, wealth, fertility, or immortality. Peaches, Chinese art. Peaches. I'm going to say fertility. That's what I thought too. Immortality. Peaches, immortality. Yeah, peaches oh. symbolizing immortality or the wish for a long and healthy life are a common symbol in Chinese art. The Taoist god of longevity, oh, wow. Lo, Sha, oh dear, Shu Lao, is often depicted holding a peach. So, oh, and then um, this a queen whose name I can't say, X-I, mm -hmm. yep, Zhuang Mu, the queen of immortals is said to grow peaches in her garden. Oh, wow. Now I know. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? I That's like that. That's very beautiful. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. Okay. So now, I'm sorry, you're at 50% right now. Because <laughs> you got that one wrong. You got that one wrong. That's online learning. Yeah. This, you need to nail this if you don't want to fail. Okay. I want to repeat the course. No, you don't. Okay. So last question. What okay. did Claude Monet's father want him to be instead of a painter? A singer, yeah. a banker, a grocer, or a postmaster? A banker. That's In my guess. Incorrect. No, for real? For real. A grocer. A grocer? No. Yep. Monet's father disapproved of his painting. He wanted him to go into the family grocery business. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, this is a shame. Well, this is a shame. Two out of five for Esther. My, <laughs> back to school for back me. Back to school. Don't tell Martha because she will rub in your face how well she did on her 80s quiz. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> now, you've been on the computer your entire day, so I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. But I just wanted to hear because everyone is kind of handling this however they possibly can and guilty pleasures like I know my pants are definitely getting tighter so I wanted to hear if you have any guilty pleasures one a food item and two 
something that you've been watching or listening to or something that you're taking in media-wise? Hmm. Okay. Well, um, the food guilty pleasure, I guess right now, this is probably true for everybody. You just kind of can't set any rules, you know, while you're, st- <laughs> while you're stuck at home and it's so hard to get to the grocery store, you, you just kind of have to let it go. You're but like, you I- know what? More puff salad for me, please. More puff salad. <laughs> I do have, uh, in my freezer right now, I do have some butt rav <gasps> that we have rav. not cooked. <laughs> okay, now you have to explain that because people are going to be like, what? Do you remember it's, why it's called butter? Yeah, it's butternut ravioli. Yeah. And then you came over to our house and renamed it butt rav. <laughs> yes, because I had just had butt rav at a restaurant with my boys and um, Charlie ordered it, butternut squash ravioli. And then when it came on the bill... It was abbreviated to um, butt rav, which he thought was the best thing he'd ever heard. And then you were like, oh, we, we have butternut squash ravioli. And I was like, oh, my God, it's butt rav. Let's do it. <laughs> so you've got some butt rav in that freezer right now. It's delicious. It is it's very good. I highly recommend butt rav for everybody under quarantine. <laughs> Don't you feel like carbs are like it's all about carbs right now? It is. That's why people are baking bread. Like yeah. Crazy. It's just, and Charlie, we baked a cake the other day and then he's like, let's bake cookies. And it's like, all right. Um, so there's been a lot of that. And then what about like a media thing? Is there like a show you want to watch? Is there something you want, like music you've been wanting to listen to or someone you're following on Instagram that you can't stop following or anything like that? There is this, um, there's this show on YouTube and it's, I have to get the name from Lily or Mark, but basically it's like like marbles at the Olympics. <laughs> oh, yes. I've seen that. <laughs> and you, like, hope for the blue one or whatever? Yeah. And yeah. they have, like, different names, you know, okay. and they're like, Pinky is winning. Pinky. And you get really into it, and everybody, like, picks their favorite color marble in our house. And we get really – it's so addictive. And you're like, let's watch another one. <laughs> and, and then at the end they have the little marbles like on the little you know stands with their trophies and you're like yes oh my God. I don't know I find that so calming yeah if pinky <laughs> wins butt rav for everyone butt rav for everyone <laughs> oh my god that's awesome well my two things uh, yeah and can you send me the link to where you're watching that okay, and I'll put it in the post and so people okay. can all go and share for pinky yeah yes <laughs> so my two things can you guess what my food is um, it's probably cookies. No? no, what is it? Do you remember what I made you guys after the show in Joshua Tree, and we went to the grocery store? Oh yeah, was it like pita bread with stuff? We did it? have that, but that was just my excuse to have a giant bag of chips. <gasps> oh yeah, with the pita because I was like, I can't really just eat a bag of chips. I guess I should have yeah. something beside it, but <laughs> yes. I really could have just ate that. Yeah, so I went on a chip hiatus because things had gotten out of control in 2019 and and 2020 I was like that's it no more chips I made it until March 12th I think and then I was like screw that and now it's been all about the chips and um it's a problem but you know what I overheard Greg talking to one of the people he works with they were on a zoom call and he said, uh, she's a vegetarian and she's like trying to be good, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm like, you know, having salad. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, what if, what if the grocery stores run out of food? He's like, you want to bulk up now so that you've got, you know, some fat stores. Oh yeah. And I was like, I like that thinking. Let's get more chips. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the chips strike is over and there's a lot of chips in my life. And then the thing I've been addicted to, I watch every day on Instagram. He has gone crazy. Did you ever watch Will and Grace? Yeah. Remember um, the little Karen's little nemesis at the country club, the little... Um, yeah. Yeah, his name is Leslie Jordan. I think his name was Leslie on the show too. Anyway, on Instagram, he is at... The Leslie Jordan. It's L-E-S-L-I-E Jordan. Oh, my God. He posts these little videos every day, and he's home by himself. He yeah. is so funny. And they're just like these little, like, you know, 30-second to one minute, like him just documenting what's happening in the day. And he goes through highs and lows where he is so, like, he's and he's from Chattanooga. And so he'll just say, well, shit, what are y'all doing right now? And then he yells at his mother, Mom! I'm talking to my friends. Oh my God. It's so fun. And now I can't not talk like him. Yeah. Because it's just, I, I, anyway, I messaged him as if he'll ever see it, but I messaged him. I said, please come on my podcast and tell me what you think about art because he's got a lot of opinions, which are very, very, very funny. Um, but I can't not watch him. So that's been my like guilty pleasure is to watch him every day. And like, sometimes I repeat, watch the video many times until I'm laughing so hard. I can't breathe. Oh my goodness. Okay. I have to, I have to definitely follow that. Oh, it's just so, he's so funny and cute and angry and then happy. And then it's just great. So yeah. So marble run. Uh, yeah. And, it's jelly's and the, marble run. What is it? Yeah. Jelly at uh, J E L L E. Oh, J E L E marble run. Yeah. On oh my YouTube. Gosh, you're, better, you're totally going to get addicted. To okay. That. I love it. Thank you. See, this is better than tiger King. I would rather watch marbles and Leslie Jordan than tiger King. Yes. <laughs> I would too. I can't have any more problems. No, no I know. I have too many, we've got too many problems. I don't need more problems. Yeah. Um, okay, you're done. You can get oh, off the computer. You can go yay. eat some delicious yay. dinner and go to sleep. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so Bye. much for doing this. That was really fun. And um that was. Yeah, and, and let's figure out a time where we can do um Instagram live little art session. Yeah. I totally yeah, want to do that. Yeah, together. That would be fun. Okay. Or you can make art and we can just chit-chat and do whatever you want. I love it. So you tell, we'll figure out when, but you tell me when because you are much busier than I am because I am not okay. teaching. Okay. Um, yeah, so give me a shout and we'll figure it out. And um, again, thank you so, so much. Hi to your family. Hey. And uh, I will and talk to, to you soon. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good night. Good night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <sighs> That was exactly what I needed. I hope it was exactly what you needed too. I have to be honest, it has been hard to stay motivated and committed to producing new episodes for the podcast. But after the last couple, first with Ashley Longshore, then Martha Ridge, and then with Esther today, it kind of feels like we're contributing our little bit for an art history time capsule. We are in the middle of a truly historic time. And as you can see from our history books, artists do some pretty amazing things during crisis, war, and yes, pandemics. I'm so curious, and Esther said this too, which pieces will represent this time in our history books to come? How cool would it be if a few episodes of Art for Your Ear made it into that time capsule? Anyway, I cannot wait to make some art with Esther on Instagram Live, and I'd suggest you do the same with friend or friends. Now, if you don't want to go public... You can always just take me up on the bad art night idea via Zoom. Um, seriously, add a little wine and some homemade sourdough bread. 
I know you have some. <laughs> You've got a party right there. Thank you so much to Esther for doing this with me after a very long day of teaching. Thanks to Create Magazine for supporting this episode. And remember, the deadline for their summer issue is April 30th. And of course, thanks to you for listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then.